Hello and welcome. I'm Kat McGurran, podcast producer at Arts House. This year's iteration of Refuge will look at the scenario of a heatwave with the possibility of five consecutive days over 40 degrees. We brought together three experts to discuss some questions relating to climate change and our behaviour. Jen Ray is a Métis Canadian-Australian artist and researcher in the area of food security. Alison McMillan is the Deputy Director of the Emergency Management Branch of the Department of Health and Human Services, and Alan March is an Associate Professor of Urban Planning at the University of Melbourne. The first question was, how will climate change impact us here in Australia? Alison McMillan started the conversation. We're seeing climate change now. What we're seeing is an increase in extreme weather events, and that is something we expect that will increase storms, more bushfires, more flooding, um, and the frequency and severity of those we anticipate may well increase. I think that very importantly we need to learn from some of the things that have happened particularly for us in Victoria in recent times, and it's important that we don't fail to imagine what might happen to us. If you think about the um, event of November the 21st, the thunderstorm asthma event, that was something where we'd failed to ever imagine something of that magnitude would affect a huge part of our state, tragically. So I think in thinking thinking about the future and climate change, we don't know what it's going to bring, but it's certainly not going to be what it is today, in my view. Yeah, and I mean, adding on that is that we're, we've been conditioned for the last few years that it's a one in a 100 year event, you know. Um, but these events are going to be cumulative. It's not going to be just, you know, um, three days of a heat wave. It's going to be, you know, a windstorm. It could be a bushfire. It could be electricity that goes out. That these sorts of things are going to be cumulative. And, you know, to a certain degree, um, are we going to be prepared for that rolling out of of events from infrastructure, but also social infrastructure and the resources um, to deal with those impacts. Hmm. I think also um, we won't be able to rely necessarily on agricultural systems working in the same way and the reliability of getting food. So, you know, where things are grown is probably changing already and continue to change more where food comes from to to the city. How bushfire systems work, um, you know, will we be able to rely on um, response services alone, the answer is probably not, because uh, the fires are becoming more severe. Sea level rise is a, is a reality, and, and where flooding is occurring is, is a question. Um, that, you know, can people uh, imagine that where the, the line on the map is is going to um, be a safe place anymore to decide where to build a house? Um, and uh, you know, is is the community ready for those things? And perhaps the community will need to think about changes in in how prepared they are. I think that for a long time we used to use um, global warming as a sort of language that prevailed around our society, but I think we're we're better learning that it's not just warming anymore, that climate change brings extremes of weather, things we can't control. We can't control the weather. And extremes of these things, much more than just the warming that perhaps first was thought. Although we do know that that means a rise in sea level, a change in the risk of bushfire, as, as attributable to the changes in temperature, but it's much more than just temperature. I th- one of the things we do much more in, in emergency management today than we would have in the past, we used to think about the hazard 
flood, fire, earthquake. But today we're concentrating much more on what is the impact that's going to have on our community and how can we mitigate that impact. So not, not necessarily just thinking about putting out the fire, but preventing the fire in the first place and making sure people are well equipped and can be informed quickly and accurately about something that's coming their way. So moving towards much more thinking in the consequence arena about the community, how we communicate with the community in order that we can keep them well informed and keep them safe. Okay, so I think climate change uh, has brought to the fore um, questions that many of us have kind of ignored before. In, in Australia, we've tended to um, become quite reliant on government in a range of ways to fix our problems. And we generally, it might be funny to say, but we generally have a good government, uh, with some exceptions. And so will the fire crew come to the front of the house and put the fire out? If the water stops, will someone come and deliver water to us? Uh, you know, all of these you know, problems that are quite getting more and more likely because we rely heavily on um, quite brittle systems. The, the answer is no, we can't rely on, on that service because it's beyond any government's ability to provide all those services. So we call this shared responsibility and it's not government getting out of or avoiding their responsibility, it's us retaining control and our autonomy and that helps the whole community because services are are provided to those who need it the most and, um, and, and it builds our overall resilience to, to um, possible events that might occur. So we prepare our home, we look after our neighbours, uh, we have emergency kits, uh, we have a, a plan that's well thought through and a range of people have had advice on. So that makes us all stronger um, and it helps us to perhaps say use our house most appropriately in a bushfire event understanding what the fire might be for where we live and what the capabilities of ourselves because we get older <laughs> and we're less capable maybe over time or you know, be, you know have a disability or anything is possible I suppose. So that's about us taking some care for uh, what we might face and that indeed helps the whole community as well as ourselves. So a good example perhaps is the thunderstorm asthma event that we saw in November last year. We now know that um, as a result of certain types of thunderstorms and a high po ryegrass pollen count, people that might not previously have ever had asthma symptoms may now have, have suffered from those breathing difficulties that night. A really important part of shared responsibility is that if that happened to you, you need to seek medical help. You need to talk to your GP, go on our Better Health channel, go and look at the information available through the Department of Health and Human Services on the Better Health channel and get to know about how you can manage your own risk. And also learn about asthma first aid. There are some great little videos that we've produced that are only a few minutes that will help you know how you can help others if they're in breathing difficulties and how you can do that quickly. So we're trying to get everyone to understand what this means for them as an individual, but also how they can help others who might be in a difficult situation. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think the point that you made about checking on others and being able to recognize the symptoms in others. One of the things that happened with the um, heat wave in Chicago, which when they did, um, it, there's a great book called Heat Wave, The Social Autopsy of Disaster in Chicago. What they found was that the, the streets that had people that knew each other, 
um, had less um, less numbers of deaths or less numbers of people who were entered into the hospital. And so, but the ones that were in high rises or where they didn't know their neighbor, um, they were isolated and and therefore you know more more vulnerable to, um, to some of the some of the impacts related to that heat wave. So connecting with community, knowing who your neighbors are, knowing where the resources are for air conditioning or for you know where you can get relief, that's that's going to be critical in the future. There may be a place for learning from the past. Our, our parents and grandparents didn't have air conditioning, didn't have the sort of things that we have t available to us today. Now, obviously, domestic housing design was different, but there are the things that they knew and understood about how to help keep cool um, so in, in, an, in a heatwave environment or in generally when it's very hot. We need to perhaps re-remember some of those lessons from the past because it's been hot in this country for a very long time. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really great point because, I mean, I, I see us as being sort of a translator generation. Um, we have a lot of children right now who don't have these basic skills, and we've got elders that are still living that still have these memories. And I, I think it is it's up, it's up to us, us to ask, you know, why did you do these? How did you, how did you do these tasks? How did you save water? How did you keep cool? You know, these sorts of questions and getting the diagrams and the stories and so forth and finding meaningful ways to pass it on to children. Thanks for listening. Refuge is happening at Arts House on the 11th of November from midday till 10pm. For more information on the Refuge project and what's on, visit artshouse.com.au.